All right, welcome to Biomast, episode 59. Let's get ready to rumble for CPM2 candidacy. So, so that's my funny FM DJ radio voice for the night. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is our first kind of official CPM2 uh, candidate segment. That's kind of the, the big piece that we have on tonight. We've got a ton of people in the room tonight, like literally. So uh, we're going to have a long set of intros. It'll be awesome. Uh, we're going to do a, our normal CPM update. And I think Zell might have something a little bit special for us, not so much a CCP update, but uh, a promotion that he's looking to put on. Uh, and then after that, what we're going to do is we're going to have the first of probably several CPM candidates over the next couple of weeks uh, that we give a, a brief segment to where we have uh, myself and Iowa Bait do a quick deep dive with them. And then we tee up some uh, main topics of discussion like we normally do here on Biomast. So tonight we have kind of the one and the only Aon Amati, the, uh, the crown prince of dust rage slash one of the most technically sound and uh, most incisive wits that we have in the game right now. Uh, so it'll be a really fun show tonight. He's a really, really super sharp guy. L- little bit uh, polarizing, but you know what? A lot of people that make you question and think uh, are like that. So this should be a, a pretty, pretty good deal. And like I said, ton of folks on tonight. Uh, so we'll we'll try to keep the gladiator match to a. Uh, you know, to some level of focus as we get started. So with that, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with our introductions. We're going to work from the bottom of the mumble list to the top. Uh, so with that, Silly Rabbit, you mind give us a quick intro? Okay, what's up, guys? Silly Rabbit, Director of Negative Feedback and uh, Logi Enthusiast. Outstanding. SMB? Sir Manboy here, director over at Molon Labe, member of CPM1, and uh, hopefuls for CPM2. And a third degree black belt in Hive Jitsu. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> uh, okay, Pokey. I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations and a co-host here on the Biomass Podcast and a writer slash editor for the blog. And spreadsheet, spreadsheet maestro extraordinaire. Uh, okay, so middle of the list, Ryzel. Yeah, I'm Ryzel, member of CPM1, co-host here on the show, an editor on the blog, and uh, that's about it. Awesome. Kane? Yes, I'm Kane Spiro, uh, leader of the Negative Feedback Alliance and former member of the CPM. And shadow governor of the CPM2 candidate. I, I just, just want to say, <laughs> as, as, as much fun as it's been this year, I am looking forward to being able to use that, Kane. Former former member of the CPM. That's that's sounding really really appealing right about now. See, but I you're told running, you. so I, I mean, you know, I'm not know. running. I'm not running. We've already submitted your packet, Kane. It's okay. Moving on, uh, Dystopia. Uh, hey, this is Dystopia, acting uh, director of Internal Air and Badass Scout. Absolutely. Now, and this is your first time on Biomass, correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. We really appreciate you coming on, man. It's really good to, to get some fresh voices in here and kind of talk about, talk about things from a different perspective. So feel free to throw some elbows and get in the conversation. Definitely. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, okay. And the clown prince of crime himself, Bam Havoc. Hey, just, just regular dude. Uh, not a director of anything apart from beer and bacon. Yeah, that's just me. Okay. Well, if you're going to direct something, beer and bacon's probably the thing, so I'll give you props on that. Way to go, man. It's the way to go. All right. Iowa? Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm Iowa Bay, director at the Demonic Cowboys and writer for the Biomass blog. Absolutely. And kind of our special guest tonight, Aeon. 
Anamati, resident psycho, and grunt and negative feedback. Absolutely, man. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And like I said, you're going to be the uh, the first CPM2 candidate for the kind of pseudo official uh, set of set of interviews that we have. So we really do appreciate you coming back on. And I'm Jason Larison. I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations. Uh, I don't do anything with the blog other than stare at it and go, wow, Pokey did some good work on the headers. Um, I don't really write much. Uh, I don't poke a lot of people in the, on the forums. Uh, but apparently I can do a pretty good Arnold Schwarzenegger impression and I can do a pretty fair Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on occasion. So they have me on the podcast. So with that, can we hear the Ric Flair? Maybe maybe the show's got to go well before I can bring out, bring out the nature boy. So, okay. All right. With that guys, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with uh, Soraya in the CPM update. Yeah. So, um, uh, as, as Rattati mentioned, there, there are definitely things coming. I've seen, um, a screenshot or two, which is um, pretty awesome, and hopefully um, they'll have more to say on that uh, going forward. I know it's been uh, pretty quiet, um, but uh, so aside from uh, CPM stuff, um, I am I'm going to offer a contest, and I'm going to explain why. Is uh, some people might have noticed that the podcast did not get posted last week um, until the following Friday, as in like two days ago, um, and the reason why is is actually because. Editing the podcast doesn't take very long because I don't really edit much. I just, you know, cut off the front and the back and, and truncate silence and that's that. Um, I, I don't pay enough attention during the show or take good notes. This so is true. We can, what, we can absolutely... Yeah. So, so what happens awesome. is I don't have a good, like, one-sentence summary for the episode. And that bugs me. And so I keep saying, okay, well, I need to get that summary before I can post it. So I'll have it edited, sometimes even uploaded to, to Amazon already. But it doesn't get posted for days because then I have friends over, so I can't sit there listening to the podcast while I have friends over, etc. It's a pain in the butt. It takes me forever to get it done. And I realized I have over a billion isks sitting in, in my uh, wallet and dust, and I can pay people to make my life easier and make me less, have to do less work. So here's, here's, the, here's the challenge is um, I will post the podcast um, pretty much without a description as quick as I possibly can. Um, but regardless of when I post it, um, until Wednesday of each week, um, you can send me your one-sentence you know, summary of the episode. You can see the previous examples on our website. And the best one that I get emailed to Soraya at biomass.net will be used on the, on the, on the podcast feed. And I will um, send that person, you've got to include in your email your exact character name and game, I will send them 2 million isk. And um, above and beyond that, if you, if you really want to like, this is, if you want to go above and beyond, you can write like actual, like you can write kind of an extended show notes for, um, for, the, for the blog post part of it, which is, is got, can be a little longer than, than what's in the XML feed. And if you want, you can put links to stuff we talked about in the, in, during the show, whatever. And then if you do that, I will bump that up to 5 million isk, And I'm going to do that every week. And this week, you can get twice that because um, I still didn't write anything for last week's episode. And so you can send me a summary of last week's and a summary of this week's. Um, but you've got to do it by Wednesday. You've got to send it to Soraya at biomass.net and include your character name so that I know who to send it to. Okay. So we're going to pay people to throw the byline for the podcast, though, right? Basically, I'll, I'll give people credit, too, for, for having come up with the, uh, the winning description. Okay. That, that's pretty legit. I can kind of work with that. Uh, all right. Anything else you got, man? That's it. 
Okay, and for the record, to give you like a quick grade, that is much better than your normal CPM updates. Because even though you didn't have anything to, to say, you've taken like the last three weeks of constructive criticism that we've given you on the air, and you've basically been able to say nothing while saying something. So that's good. Okay, so we will all give Sorizel, I'm thinking a B plus for today. So we're going to need you to continue to work on this, and then next week we'll give you another grade for your CPM updates that say nothing but allow you to actually make noise. How about that? Right. So, uh, Bate, you about ready? I am ready whenever you are. Okay, man. So, what we're going to do is we're going to transition over to uh, our discussion with Aon Amadi, uh, who is a, a longtime player. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Aon, jump in here. I think you've been around since uh, closed beta, right? June 2012. Oh, wow. You're definitely one of the, one of the long in the tooth guys then. So, uh, a general intro here from uh, you know, from Bate myself on Aon, he is obviously a well-known poster in the forums, and he's been around in the community for a very long time. Has actually offered quite a bit of technical feedback uh, and some some pretty solid, you know, kind of hands-on. How do I just play the game? Feedback to folks. Um, as always, he's a very opinionated guy, and that's one of the reasons that we think he's actually a pretty good candidate because he will make you think through uh, either from a player's perspective, he'll make you think through what you're you're trying to trying to do or produce or look at things from a slightly different way. And he will also probably, uh, I, I would suspect, be able to challenge CCP and make them think through things from a different perspective. So with that, uh, what we'd like to do is ask you a couple really basic questions. Uh, and if there's anything else you want to add to your intro before we get started, please have at it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I'll just lead off with really the easy one. So. You ran for CPM one last year, and it was a really crazy election because there's a lot of things going on in terms of uh, just after the Rouge, Rouge wedding, or relatively just after the Rouge wedding. A lot of people not really understanding what the heck the CPM was going to be, and it's certainly different now than what I think people thought it was going to be back then. Uh, but you've thrown your name in the hat, I believe, officially for CPM two, and I was just kind of curious, why do you want to be a CPM member? Well, honest to God, it like it started out as sort of like a troll because like everybody was a. Uh, I was kind of getting like a lot of hate on the forums, which admittedly I kind of deserved in in more places than not. And uh, eventually, you know, like as, as as I was joking around about it on Skype and in the game, people were just like, "Dude, you should like seriously run. Like, you should just put aside the trolling and actually like you know go for it." And uh, so I'm sort of like. <laughs> Like, kind of playing around with the idea, but at the same time, you know, it's just like, uh, considering what happened last last year's elections, you know, I'm still sort of on the fence about it. But ultimately, I think uh, the CPM still has a lot of work to do. And I'm not quite ready to give up on the game yet. I know there's like been a lot of like doomsayer threads all over the forums and saying that, you know, oh, the low player count. But I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Okay. Well, that that's pretty fair. Um, so... Now, now, just to just to be to be clear, uh, and I'm kind of going off what you just said, and, and I have read some of the the your forum posts recently on this. You are in fact a a self-proclaimed serious candidate for CPM2. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna so Bate and I are gonna kind of you know go left, right, left on this one. So Bate, if you don't mind, if you can take away with your first kind of uh, basic question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um... So uh, a, a problem that, that I see, and I'm going to ask this to all the candidates, um, 
a problem that I see, you know, in matches uh, are people who will uh, randomly back out of, of battles, whether they be at the middle or uh, or at the beginning. Even, um, what are your thoughts, Aon, um, on uh, on squads of let's say three or more that that do that for you know whatever reason? Uh, man, it's always like I do a lot of Q syncs with negative feedback and whatnot, and we do faction warfare, and it's always just. It's really discouraging to join into match and then instantly see half the team leave. And I've been in a couple of matches myself where it's been like, I've got screenshots where it's like, I'm on a team where it's just only three of us against an entire 16-man team. Now, I know a lot of people like want to jump and go right for the jugular and want to hang these kind of people and, and say like, you know, we should punish them and there should be like, you know, like consequences for leaving the battle. And while I can kind of agree with it, I, th I don't think it's really going to solve anything. I mean, you're not going to stop people from leaving a battle they don't want to commit to. And I think we need to actually work on encouraging them to stay rather than punishing them for leaving. Um, I mean, if it eventually gets to a point where, like, you know, having encouraging them to stay isn't working, then we need to probably look at more punitive actions. But, I mean, I kind of want to, like, go through the, uh, you know, the positive route first, you know, encouraging people to stay in the match rather than just back out at the first sign of trouble. Sure, sure, of course. That I totally agree with that. Um, what about those people though who back out for, you know, specifically re uh, reasons? You know, somebody got disconnected, somebody got dusted, somebody you know fucked up or whatever. Um, how do you balance punishing those people, or well, I shouldn't say punishing, but punishing the people who actually leave because you know they don't want to stay in the battle because whatever reason or and. Um, I guess dealing with uh, the people who back out for uh, legitimate reasons. How would you suggest balancing that at all? Yeah, um, there's been a lot of suggestions on the forums, and like a lot of people say, like, oh, there should be an is collateral. I'm incredibly against that because that automatically assumes, you know, that they're going to leave, so they should pay up for that. And I, I don't agree with it because you never know what's going to happen. Um, like the best suggestion I've ever seen on the forums, and I really agree with this one, is um, having like an escalating. Uh, sort of punishment like if you leave the battle you know you have to wait like a minute or so before you can jump jump into another one or if you get disconnected you know because by the time you get back into the game after you've been disconnected a minute's already passed so that's not so bad you know but if you leave a second battle then it becomes five minutes of a third battle it becomes 10 minutes so it like really discourages people who are like constantly leaving battles but it doesn't like it's not overwhelming punishment for somebody that just got disconnected interesting thank you for that I okay so um, a couple, like, kind of a, a general question for you, um, Aon. You, you are obviously a, you, you have a, a very deep knowledge of the game itself. Uh, I have basically a couple, a couple questions. Generally, what other games do you play that informs how you look at Dust? Like, what are the, what are the other types of games you play? Is it mostly just first-person shooter consoles? Do you, do you have anything that uh, you think uh, should be informing? the CPM and the community and even the devs kind of perception on, uh, you know, how the game, things we can pull from other games that might be interesting down the road or maybe even the short term that could be modified or adapted to what we have to work with in Dust on the PS3. Okay, so it's sort of a multi-part question. Um, I'll try to answer it as best I can. My primary, like, gaming, I do mostly PC gaming. I used to do, like, really big console gaming. Like, I had an Xbox 360 for a while, had, like, three of them that red-ringed, you know, did PlayStation 3. I got the PlayStation 3 for Dust, so I can't really use that as a good example. But um, as far as, like, a good examples of what we can learn from, I think you need to look at two things, um, two separate aspects of gaming as a whole. One, longevity. 
you know, like I hate to bring up Eve Online as a staple, but I mean they've got eleven years under their belt. So I mean, obviously they're doing something right. You got WoW, which is you know as much as everybody hates WoW, you know it's it's a long time game, and they're doing something right if they're you know continuing for as long as they have, especially with like fifteen million subscribers at one point. Um, then you also have to look at other gamings like that sort of pop up out of the blue, like no one saw Minecraft coming, and I don't want to say that we can you know oh we should have like more Minecraft than Dust Five One Four, but you know it's the main thing that Minecraft brings to the table is that they provided something that you didn't know you wanted until you had it. And that's why it became so popular. It was Legos in a game, right? This is literally all it was. And it just took off, you know? So was, when you're looking toward gaming as like an example of what to do right, you need to look at those sort of aspects, you know, providing something that doesn't exist yet, not making a cookie cutter sort of like, oh, you because like you're never going to beat Call of Duty at their own game. You're not going to out Call of Duty, Call of Duty. So like trying, I think, you know, is, is sort of like inclined to failure. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know, you can borrow core aspects, but provide something unique and try to, you know, craft your own little unique experience and give players something that they didn't know they really wanted to begin with. And then, you know, that's what made Dust unique in a way. That's why we have such a niche player base. But at the same time, you know, we're kind of lagging behind as far as technology. So we're kind of, uh, you know, limited on players. I don't just want to say that's the main reason, but, you know, it could be. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to kind of dive into something a little bit more specific to you. Um, and, and we've kind of, we've kind of talked about it and I think you're, you're pretty self-admitted about this. You, you are, let's be real, a, a fairly polarizing guy, uh, at least in terms of the way you've engaged people in the past. Um, uh, and, and I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody mistakes that you have a passion for the game and trying to make the game as good as it can be. But I, I'm just curious. How do you think you would be able to, would you be able to effectively communicate as a CPM based on your, your previous and, and to a degree your current sort of mode and history of how you've, you have communicated with folks, either players or occasionally the devs themselves? Yeah, a big factor with that is um, it, it has a lot to do with my ability for communication. A lot of times, like, I can't perceive tone very well so like i don't really know when somebody's like being sarcastic and kind of joshing around with me or when they're actually attacking me as a person and i have a bad habit of misconstruing that and like i've been told that i'm a verbal badger when it comes to sort of that sort of thing so like i usually just try to defend myself as much as possible and i know that's you know not always necessary but another thing is that i have uh self-admittedly i i have issues communicating what i'm trying to say as opposed to just, you know, actually getting it out. That's why I, I have, like, usually two different approaches. Sometimes I'll be really emotional with it, and I'll be sarcastic and kind of, like, giddy. But on the other side, I'll be really logical and approach things with, you know, by the books and numbers. So it, it, it is polarizing, admittedly. But um, a while back, maybe, the, maybe some of you have seen the thread, but I actually came out to the public and said, yo, look, I've been going to counseling for this for, like, months you know, I, I know that I have like anger issues and I know that I have this polarizing personality as something that I've been working on. And that's very expensive, by the way. <laughs> so not that that really matters, but, you know, just throwing that out there is, you know, it's something I have been working on. And I understand that I do have a tendency to like snap off out of the blue. But, you know, I'm a human being. OK. All right. Uh, so I, I guess all that being said, you believe you would be you would still be an effective communicator. Uh, within the dust community and with the devs then well as far as like the cpm um when i'm held to a higher standard 
I think I have like a little bit better behavior and I usually try to approach things a little bit more cautiously than just, you know, being my normal self. So, I mean, as far as like, I'm not going to like go out and say, yeah, I will be an, an effective communicator. I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to admit that I really don't know, but you know, I'm willing to give it my best. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Okay. No, and I think that's a very fair way to look at it. The, uh, and, and most of the point of, of that question is, is ultimately getting at, um, you know, it's, it's so the community can, can kind of make their own determination. Do they trust that you will, uh, while you would clearly have your own opinion, that you would at least represent them or would you be representing yourself? Uh, and, and I know that that's a little bit of a muddled thing with the, the CPM in general, but that was sort of the, the point of those questions is uh, to let people understand a little bit more about where you're coming from. Because like I said, it's all in black and white. We can You can Google search for the best of them. And, and for a lot of your posts that are incredibly well constructed uh, from a technical expert, from a technical side, and you actually tease out some great uh, feedback and, and discussion threads uh, or feedback and ideas threads, you will occasionally get you know some Uber trolley going. So I, I appreciate you addressing that. Uh, so I'm going to turn this back over to Bate for a couple questions. Uh, yeah, thanks, Jay. Um, building off what uh, what Jay said uh, just a second ago, uh, Aon, how do you feel that um, that some players will, uh, um, I guess, respond to your your past action as far as uh, lashing out in a uh, in an angry tone? Um, uh, or, you know, just a, a, a ragey attitude, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, do you think that that will turn some people off or do you think that, you know, what you said just now will, um, uh, will give, uh, people, you know, um, will make them think, Hey, maybe I should give this guy uh, a chance. Honestly, I mean, like, I'm not trying to change people's opinion. I really, I'm really not like if they're set in stone that I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to be an asshole. But what I usually tell people is, look, my public self is a lot different than, you know, my one on one. So if you don't like the way I, I sound on the forums, hit me up, you know, in game or, you know, if you're close enough, like come and we'll and like I'll buy you a beer and we'll hash it out. So if you have like an issue with me, you know, just bring it up to me and we'll see what we can do. But I mean, you know, I'm not going to like. <laughs> I'm not going to like rampantly apologize and beg for forgiveness. I mean, it's just like, you know, I understand that, you know, my past actions and my past behavior does reflect negatively on me. And I will, you know, I'll, I'll say sorry if I really do mean it. But, you know, sometimes just like there's really nothing I can say that's going to make the situation better as like, I can't go back and change the issue. You know, I can't go back and change the past. So the only thing I can do is look forward to the future and try to better myself from it. And I can, I'm a little, a little better on that with the one-on-one -on -one aspect instead of like a public forum where I'll try to like say, Oh, you know, I understand your viewpoint. And then somebody else comes along and just, you know, continues pestering. So it's, a, it's sort of like a hit or miss sort of thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I uh, still have a few more questions. Um, what uh, what uh, play style do you usually uh, play as when you play Dust? Um, I try to like experiment with a lot of things, like right, Liam and uh, experimenting with sort of like Caldari Assault with just shield extenders and profile dampeners because I've been you know playing Eve online and I'm really you know I really like the Mordu's Legion ship, so there's nothing I can really do with that in Dust. But when I'm not experimenting, I always seem to gravitate toward this Galente Assault sort of CQC style combat. It's just always been my thing. I like the high octane action and just constantly, you know, running around and jumping back and forth. And it's, you know, it's just sort of my thing. Very good. Um, uh, 
uh, building off of that uh, in a uh, recent forum post, um, you said that CPM one had quote too many Logi players. And do you feel that you know uh, having so many uh, logistics players uh, on CPM one uh, affected how certain things were um, were looked at? I guess in terms of uh, buffing uh, and nerfing. To a degree, it wasn't that I said that there was too many Logi players. As I was just noting that there were that there were a lot of Logi players in the CPM. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you know, I mean, like I'm not I can't really give you good feedback on something that I don't run. It's like you know, I haven't ran I haven't run Sentinels since you know closed beta back when you could forge gun the the, the freaking RDVs and kill them faster than you could the tank. I mean, so trying to chime in from a heavy perspective. I, I mean, it's not going to be my forte, but, you know, in the same sense, like it's, you're kind of damned if you do damned, if you don't sort of deal is like, you know, if you talk about something that you are aware of, you're biased, but if you talk about something that you're unaware of, you're ignorant. So it's kind of like having a balance. So as far as like the CPM one and how they, uh, how it affected the, the decisions for birth, blah, blah, buffing and nerfing. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, because they were, you know, there's a couple of logic players in there that it swayed their opinion, but I am going to say that, you know, it it would have helped to sort of open up for a little bit more feedback earlier on in the buff nerf cycle instead of like, hey, these are the changes that are coming and, and you know, this is pretty much set in stone. The only thing that we're really looking for is, you know, tweaks in either direction. So, well, now I've got to ask you a quick follow up on that. Um, I'm I'm curious. Can you point to something where you think that like I, I'm right now I'm tracking that there's been basically no buffs to Logis. So are you referring to things that are more like a salty, you know, or right, right. Like light weapons or something like that? Yeah, more or less. I mean, I'm, lo- I'm like looking forward to sort of the sort of the, seeing the changes the uh, logistics are going to get. But the uh, I was like kind of disappointed to see that the logistics and the commandos, you know, weren't getting their sort of like rebalance, their rehash. Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to unpack kind of your position. And that's all. I just try to understand... Uh, kind of where the thread's going on it. Uh, I, I can totally understand if if you look at a relatively small council of on paper six, but real or seven, but it was six very quickly. Um, and you think it's overrepresented in one way or the way or the other that uh, it, it skew things. I'm, I'm totally on board with that idea. Um, but I'm trying to understand like if there was something in particular you were you were driving at in terms of like something you thought maybe because of the makeup of the council, it did not go well. Well, good example, right? The um, the whole deal with the movement speed changes and how like assaults were suddenly going to be slower than logies, and like it was like for a while it looked like that was sort of like a set in stone sort of deal. Like that was like, hey, this is what we're doing, and you know, it, it didn't seem like much of a feedback thread. Like they were looking for feedback. It was more like, hey, you know, here's what we're coming up with. What do you guys think? And just like sort of fishing for you know good good comments. Because there really wasn't like, hey, you know, what do you guys think we should do? There wasn't any questions. It was just displaying the chart and saying, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. So, and this isn't to say that, like, they were wrong. Just that, I mean, like, what do you go off of? I mean, it's like when you have assaults just sort of on the slower end of the thing, uh, on the slower end of the chart, getting more, more closer toward commandos as far as mobility. When a lot of assault players say, hey, look, we prefer mobility over EHP and we'll take the EHP hit before the mobility and then it was like the response was oh well you know if you guys are really looking forward 
toward mobility instead of EHP, then that shows there's a critical problem with the mobility as a whole. Not that I disagree, just that, you know, I mean, that's what the community wanted. So, I mean, I think it does kind of skew and, you know. Well, I, no, I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I guess what, what I was not understanding is I, I personally couldn't make the logic leap, you know, kind of the Moldarian leap of, uh, you know, you've got two primary logic players on a council of six, therefore suddenly assault speed got nerfed. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. And I know in some of the Logi specific commentary to the devs, at least, um, what a lot of the community did ask for, you know, was either, and it was literally kind of a take it or leave it, but, you know, increased survivability, period. But it's either comes through HP or speed. So I, I was just trying to figure out where you're coming from on that one, because I, maybe I'm biased, but I, I did not see a direct correlation between uh, Logi's on the CPM and poor feedback or a filtering of feedback from the community as far as assault players would go. Uh, oh, so I wasn't trying to insinuate that. I mean, that's not okay. where I'm right. standing that's at all. Fair. I mean, uh, I mean, like, it's just, you know, like, it's like I said earlier, like, how do you, you know, give proper feedback on something that you don't run that often, you know? Like, yeah, that's fair. I, I can buy that. I, 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 trust me, I, I rarely speak up when it comes to anything vehicle related for that very reason. Uh, Same. I'm totally on board with you on that one. Okay, so what I would like to do, since we've had a, a really good you know, kind of focus se uh, session with you, uh, Bate, do you have anything last before we kind of move on to the to the main part of the show? Um, I do not know. All right, so um, you got about a, a 30 second open mic uh, for any kind of your rallying cry for the CPM2 Aon. So uh, as soon as you get done, what we're going to do is move into our first topic of the, of the main block of the, of the show and everybody else will be uh, chiming in, okay? So floor is yours for about half a minute. <laughs> I don't really have that much to say, honestly. It's just, you know, my main goal is to provide the tools for the community to represent themselves so they don't have to. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's well said, man. And like I said, it's... Uh, I highly encourage people to engage uh, engage Aon if they've got questions about anything you've heard here or on the forums. And I think that was big of you to to tell people to get a hold of you because you know, like I said, you're, you, a lot of great ideas, but uh, it's interesting sometimes, a little prickly sometimes to talk to. But maybe that's not always a bad thing. So what we're going to do, guys, we're going to open it up for everybody else on the net. Uh, so like I said, big room. And the first thing we wanted to kind of put out on the table to kind of go around, and this is a a bit of a, a shot from uh, from Aon himself. We were kind of kicking around the idea of, of some things to talk about, uh, and I think it's kind of interesting. But uh, some post level five content. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, you know, very rudimentary drones. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, pirate drop suits or different skill sets or any number of different things that you could add to the game for post level five content. And the reality is that you can you can really pretty much max out a given role uh, in dust, at least as far as a drop suit type role goes, like running a heavy or an assault or, or, or such. And, you know, somewhere around 7 million skill points, you can get quite effective. Uh, and, then very, and then if you want to get any further with that, it's more about gaining breadth rather than depth in your content. So uh, what I'd like to do is kind of open this up to the floor a little bit about what you think post-level 5 content might mean in Dust. And again, understanding the limitations that we have, we're not really doing too much long-range tinfoilery on this one. So uh, Aon, I'll tell you what, I'll give you first crack at it. Uh, what are your general thoughts on what might be some practical and feasible post-level post 5 content that we could bring to Dust? 
or that you'd like the CCP guys to bring? Well, I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, I want to start off with is the reason we need post-level con- five content is because you got a lot of beers out there with like like 60 millions, like all the way up to 115 million is what I heard from one player uh, as far as SP goes. And last year, Zatara himself was saying, you know, like we really need to, to add on more content because I've already maxed out everything for my play style. So we were, we were having those issues last year and we need to like kind of like ex- start exploring the options as far as what we're going to do with the post level level 5 content and adding more to those specializations. And as far as like general ideas, I had a thread about it like it's locked because it's a uh, because of age, but I was throwing together like just spitballing ideas as far as roles and stuff like a specter assault sort of deal where it's like instead of getting a weapon fitting reduction or a weapon bonus, it would get a profile dampen bonus or maybe a different, you know, a variant of that assault saying, you know, um, maybe it's got a biotics bonus instead, you know, something to get to offer up to the players after they've already graduated and, you know, gotten everything for their particular specialization after, you know, something for them to look forward to afterward. So, I mean, it's sort of like drop suit rolls, like just adding a little bit more flavor to the mix is what I think is proper post level five content, honestly. Do you see that as something you'd scale into, like it, it, almost effectively adding a level six, or do you are you looking at more a classic Eve style if you need like level five and like you know gal assault and cal assault to get X bonus? Well, from a what I was. I was having a discussion with one of the developers and uh, he said, you know, it's not really applicable to have uh, cross bonuses like that, like the pirate, like the pirate ships in EVE Online, where you have to have like, you know, Galente assault ships and Minmatar. It's not really applicable. But what they did say is that we could have um, different requirements. So like, you know, you'd have to have assault drop seats level five, like Caldari assault drop seats level five and, you know, profile dampening level five in order to unlock this suit. And then you get different bonuses for running that suit and having it level, you know, or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that would be the tra- the, the best way to go about it is to have it like a sort of like an unlock after afterward, like in the traditional Eve sense. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So let's go ahead and kind of move move around on this one. Uh, Silly Rabbit, you have coughed up a couple of times you were interested in, in, in this as well of, you know, what's kind of what's next when you have a full five Lodgy or a full five Assault or whatever. I'm curious, like if you were going to kind of narrow on what you think post level five content for Dust would be, what what would you sort of throw out there on the table? Well, I mean, just building off what he was saying, uh, if you have that, like they have to work within the realms of what of where they're at right now. So basically, what they let us know is that they can create within the guidelines that they're already in, uh, you know, I guess structurally within the game. So you know, having a requirements for plus five logic here. Uh, plus five assault here to unlock this class right here it seems very feasible and i would like to see that as a loophole to segue into pirating suits or cross combination suits of a mimitar and kaldari cross or even a mimitar and a mar cross or just different crosses with um suits and i feel that's just a, a whole another topic in itself you could just go down the rabbit hole with that in the pun you could just travel as far as you want down that type of creative way because there's just a realm where you can kind of make a new type of suit and whatever that you can incorporate will you know benefit it it'll cross benefit like it'd be awesome if you could i guess double hey, you're cutting out silly i'm gonna assume what silly's saying right now because his mic key is red is incredibly cogent to the discussion and likely it's probably going to change how we all perceive dust you know from an emotional standpoint 
but unfortunately, we can't hear him. So I'm going to move on. Uh, Sir Manboy, I'm just curious. Have you thought about some things for post-level five activity? Uh, like what would you like to see maybe for uh, kind of the logic class once you get full five and just about everything? What, would it, what else would you like to see maybe that they could add to the table? Uh, it's a great question, Jay, and it's definitely one that applies to a player like me. I mean, I'm about 150,000 skill points away from 100 million, uh, so I'm definitely in that boat of players who is really running out of things to do, especially when you're someone like me who mostly just plays the logic class and just sort of branches out from time to time, not a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, what a lot of these guys are saying is kind of where my mind is with it as well. Uh, you know, you, you, you come up with some other uh, suit class of some kind that combines the requirements of ones that already exist. And then from there, you skill up and, and then you end up with suits that have uh, different behaviors and different bonuses and things like that. Um, you know, beyond that, I've always been someone who's been interested in um, you know, more active sort of modules that can give you temporary, uh, bonuses or, um, strengths on the battlefield stuff like that is appealing to me. Uh, more things involving the war barge, um, that appeals to me too, because quite frankly, again, as I run out of things to skill into, I, I find that the war barge is more interesting, but there's not a whole lot we can do with it currently. Um, so then, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, you know, mostly what everybody else is thinking and, and, uh, you know, I think it is something that we definitely need to tackle because there are, you know, every day more and more players who get to that 50, 60 million and above mark and they're running out of things to do. Now, and I think that's a very fair way to look at it. Um, for veteran players, it's, uh, it becomes a little bit more of an issue. So, uh, okay. Or, or even as a new player, there might be something that really strikes your fancy and you just want to dive, you know, drive right into that, like very specialized role. Okay. All right. So Pokey, uh, I'm kind of curious, I mean, we, you and I have talked about this quite a bit and, uh, I know that there's been some discussion even on the vehicle side about maybe the specialist specialist vehicles getting, uh, getting some play in this, but maybe from a general play perspective, but if you can add anything from a, uh, you know, a veteran vehicle operators, uh, standpoint, what might be some kind of long range post level five content you'd be interested in them exploring for dust? Well, I mean, initially when I first started looking at Dust, I always kind of saw the the basic frames as kind of the tech one, and then you had the specialties, which were a tech two. But we never really got bonuses for the you know the, the frames, or in, in this case, just the standard vehicles. So I mean, uh, it, it would be nice to see you know, like for like drop suits, you've got you know your frame suits, and I kind of consider that almost in line with the vehicles we currently have, which aside from the assault dropship, don't have bonuses. So that being said, if you had like the Enforcer or the uh, uh, what's it called the, the the Ultra Heavy HAV, for example, that would be kind of like your your current specialist suit. Um, I consider that kind of where we need to get initially, but I would like to see him take it a step further and actually kind of have like a, a deeper specialization and actually like a true, you know, E style tech two where it's it's less general, it's very niche, it's it's only going to be useful in certain situations, but you know, with proper coordination and teamwork, it does serve a purpose, particularly when you're playing as a group uh, instead of kind of just a, a general purpose thing that we currently have. So, in that regard, I would like to see something that's a little more pushing the boundaries of the extreme of you know. 
uh, a ton of HP, but incredibly slow, uh, reduced uh, turret damage, stuff like that, where it, it really does fill that super specialized role that you can really lock into with a good organized group opposed to what we currently have, which is uh, allows for more solo play. Like, don't get me wrong, I think that having some more uh, isolated solo play is good, but I also want to see uh, people be rewarded in a more deeper fashion for, uh, you know, specialized and, and very extreme instances of, of themes within a vehicle. So in terms of post-level 5 content, maybe, uh, you know, uh, an HAV, a calorie HAV proficiency skill or something that unlocks a new set of vehicles, which is much more, uh, you know, unique and specialized with new bonuses and whatnot. Okay. All right. That, that's actually pretty good, and I do appreciate uh, do appreciate taking a look at it from a vehicle standpoint. Because as I noted earlier, that's definitely something that uh, I've got little little background in. But it's always interesting to hear uh, the veteran tankers or dropship pilots think through that uh, from their perspective. Um, okay. So let's see who else we're gonna ping up for this one. Um, Dystopia. I'm kind of curious, man. What are your thoughts on this? Um, as far as post-level 5 content goes, uh, I've had an idea about weapon specialization uh, as far as, you know, um, extra attachments, uh, um, such things like, um, you know, we've already got, ex you know, kind of extended magazine where you can level up your, um, you know, how much ammo you have per clip, um, things like muzzles, uh, grips, maybe stocks, uh, and as far as optics, you know, different um, sights, uh, which would be nice, or even, um, you know, a... Uh, you know what uh what do you call the thing on the sniper rifle there uh, brain fart for a second um but uh things like that which would be um you know extra stuff you would skill into after you know skilling up pretty much all the weapon and then it would unlock extra things that you could uh add to the weapon which would be really nice i think so you're kind of you're kind of looking at a hybrid approach of weapon customization which is kind of honestly kind of its own topic uh and and probably one that a lot of people would be very interested in and and like basically adding another layer behind the skill so adding some additional skills into the current skill tree so somewhere between yeah those. basically okay all right no that that's that's pretty legit man um all right so curious here um bait anything from you any thoughts on this uh no um i haven't given it much thought I don't quite have enough uh, skill points to be uh, to be bored yet with what I've uh, with what I'm working on. I think I'm broke. Thirty-five. Okay. No, no, and that, and that's by the way, that's a fair statement uh, in, in terms of this. And, it, and like I said, it, it's probably more interesting to folks that have been around for you know twelve months in the game than than it is for. Uh, and, and you've been around for a minute too, by the way. I'm not saying that you're you're JV guy. It's literally. It's, it's about perspective. Do you want to be an Uber specialist or do you want, uh, you're literally kind of at the point where I, I can only get my level 38 ninja wizard, you know, night elf mohawk any further than skill progression. Is there something else I can do? Um, Bam have it. What do you got, man? Any, any thoughts on what you might like to see something deeper in the skill tree or maybe something different with suits uh, for folks that are kind of already tapped out? Yes, uh, I would like to see many new things in dust and skill trees and vehicles and suits and weapons and all that. But to be honest, I think you guys are looking at the wrong thing. I would like dust to be stripped back down to nothing and then rebuilt. Fix the core and then build on a good solid foundation. That's what I would like to see. Instead of thinking about this, that and the other, about how cool would it be for this. No, 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 no. Fix the core. Stop the lag. 
stop the um, this, this, the silly render issues that you get in game because you walk towards the structure and the, and the structure is still rendering as you walk and you're only like what 20 meters in front of it and until you get to the building for example it's fully rendered but then as you step back it like de-renders itself and increase the frame rate for god's sakes you know you can see that the game is on a shit platform i.e. the ps3 because we all know dust isn't working right on the ps3 get just off like the just, platform build the like uh, core better all that jazz there's just like a switch at CCP called, you know, it's like a frame rate switch, and they just leave it tuned down. Like, you know, they could just turn that up and you'd be running 60 frames per second, no, no problem. Yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, fix the core, build on a solid foundation and a solid core. That's what I would like to see happen in Dust, because that's what I want. But, you know, hey, you can flip a switch and suddenly have 60 frames a second now, apparently, according to uh, Zell. Helpful as always, dude. Thanks. Well, so now I, this is actually kind of worth touching on because it's it's definitely a different way of looking at it. And uh, post level five content, kind of by its very de- definition, is adding like adding layers of content or something new to the game. And I and, and a lot of people do talk about core for the game, you know. And we've heard this many many times. I'm not entirely sure that everybody has a, a common definition of what the quote unquote core of the game is. Now, Bam, you you described I think what what your perception of that is. And there is some definite validity, validity to, to what you're saying is like, why continue to, to add more to this uh, in terms of the greater, greater resource choice. And that, that is, a, that is, I would, I would point out to everybody in the room that that is, that was a hot and heavy topic of discussion this time last year, which was why are we, you know, why are we messing around adding things to the PS3 at this moment? versus putting everything we have into getting the port over, which is kind of what it sounds like you're, you're driving at. That's not, that's not, an evil, that's not an evil position. That is, that is a valid way of looking at it, but it's a diff, a definitely a different approach at where you would uh, advocate that CCP put their time and resources into. Look, don't get so, me wrong. I'm all for the level five content. Shit, yes. I'd love to see actual vehicles that worked and, and people that had a good time in the game, you know, but... For me, why add stuff to what I consider that's already broken? Because you're just going to get people on the forums bitching and moaning and hate-threading all over the place because, oh, this is broken even more now, so on and so forth. Fix the basics of the game. Yeah, the, the core game might differ and vary from person to person. Fair enough. But the only people that know what the core of the game is are the developers. All they need to do is just take the game back onto the basics, strip it down, build it up, and then maybe post level five content. Fix what the broken stuff is first. But then, you know, hey, you can flip a switch now. So, you know, it just happens apparently. Well, honestly, I think CCP needs to figure out where they actually want to go as far as that kind of design, though. I mean, it wasn't until just oh, recently yeah, that we yeah, figured out that need to know where goes Dust 514 yeah. was actually a tactical shooter. They finally just came out and said it, you know, it's a tactical shooter, which before that we were sort of on the assumption that, you know, like, is it a tactical? Is it a Twitch? I mean, is Dust 514 uh, high EHP or is it strafing? I mean, like, they never really come out and say it. They just, you just kind of like take a shot in the dark and everybody's got different opinions. I mean, until CCP comes out and says, hey, this is what we want Dust to be, then, you know, where is your core? I mean, this, this is... Yeah. I'm sorry, Silly, go ahead, please. Uh, uh, I would just say that this this obvious subject uh, that we're about to talk about and go further into probably is the elephant in the room when it comes to this game. And 
from my learning experience of seeing the, you know, from the Rouge wedding, as we all call it, to now, uh, this is a business, you know. I would say that these guys are looking at it from a business perspective, so they're less inclined to help the game. It's it's down to, in my personal opinion, what you can bring is try to find ways to work with what you've got in a sense of, you know, creating a, a better platform of enjoyment, therefore bringing in more people and then, you know, just that better medium because that was what was missing before because they were just shelling it out to us so crazily. Like, in my opinion, it was kind of just like, okay, what's this? What's this? What's this? And it was extremes of extremes and you lost a lot of people. And it's either you went with the curve because the curves were extreme when it came to adjustments to the game always because the game in itself is so complex. It's just a lot. It can push away a lot of people. So you want to bring a funner aspect to the game. You know, we could break it down to the core, but I, I really personally feel the game's been already broken down, like, as, as, you know, as low as it could possibly go. This game had a lot more, in my opinion, around. Hmm. And it was just getting interesting. God damn. Silly, can, can you hear us, man? Do, can you do a quick comments check with us? Again, could I'm be a abs- timeout on a special talk. I, I'm absolutely confident that whatever he was going to say is is truly, literally turning turning my vision on how I've, I've viewed CCP and then dust and gaming in general. Uh, but unfortunately we can't hear you mate again. Hey, silly you back, man. Yeah. Right. Here. Okay. All right. We, we lost you somewhere right about, right about the time you started to be start to call for amens. So can you give us a, like a TLDR version of, uh, what you had there a minute ago? Okay. Sorry. Um, basically what I was just saying, uh, can y'all hear me? Is it like working on my break? Yeah, down? no, no. Go ahead. We'll, we'll let you know when we can't hear you. Okay, gotcha. Um, basically, what I'm saying is the game in itself is in a, a you know a state where you kind of it's been stripped down enough already. A lot has been pulled away from the game. Tanks, vehicles are I would say a prime example. Like logistic vehicles have been ripped away. A lot of LAVs, a lot of tanks. But you have to work with the element that we're surrounded in right now. Basically, building off of what's presented in front of us. And I feel that you know it's um that's the route. I would like to go just because it could you want to bring more people to the game you want to bring in a more better sense of enjoyment so there's a separation aspect you know okay no i I think that's a way to look at it um now by the way i I would like to dive on something that aeon brought up which i think is very relevant to all of this and it's kind of you know how do you see yourself and i i do think it was very um very very critical the way ritati framed not frame as in CCP frame, but the way he framed his perception of dust, which basically means this is what he's attempting to drive the game to, is that it is a tactical shooter um, versus something else. So that is an interesting, interesting uh, thought process in terms of like what that means to, to different folks. I'm a huge fan of those those type of games. Uh, I like them way, way, way better than your standard Twitch-based, you know, one-done kind of games. I, I was a longtime Rainbow Six fan, Arma, you know, all that kind of stuff. Big fan of those. So I, I really like what he said in that brief sit rep uh, when he very clearly said he views this as a tactical shooter game. And I was kind of curious, what do you guys think that that means uh, for the game? Like based on what you see now, what are like one of the one or two things that you think they would need to adjust? Given what we have with the PS3, I, I grant you that. Um 
what are the one or two things you'd like to see him adjust if that's really what we want the game to be as a tactical shooter? Well, I'm just not even sure if that's necessarily something that the community wants, though. I mean, Dust has always been, in its own way, a high-health tactical shooter because, uh, you know, movement mechanics, you know, flanking maneuvers, like, actual infantry tactics can be applied in matches and actually be effective. Um, but at the same time, the high health of this game leads to uh, the dancing in the box kind of gameplay that's had it uh, that's been in the game. Now I think the um, strafe speed going back to near chromosome levels will be something that is going to definitely change the feel of the game a lot. But I think there just has to be caution in that um, movement is definitely one of the more dangerous things that you can meddle with. Um, in terms of a game, because if you, uh, Arma is good and all, I've played Arma and, and tactical shooters as well, and I've enjoyed those, but at the same time, sometimes that slow tempo, that slow tempo and slow pace of a game can really drive away um, a lot of people. So that's something to, to, to be wary of as well. I think it has to be a balance. Well, right. Another thing that um, you have to consider as far as like tactical shooters is like you, know, you got games like Rainbow Six, which is considered a tactical shooter, but it's considered a tactical shooter in a sense that HP is very low and you're going to die very, very quickly. I mean, it's just like one bullet and you're down, which I mean, I don't think would really work for dust. Otherwise, the fitting system would be completely pointless. So, I mean, it's like what it's not so much, you know. What do we do as a tactical shooter? So much as what aspects of a tactical shooter can we borrow and be successful? Yeah, you raise a good point there that the fitting system kind of requires a longer time to kill so you actually notice differences in the fitting rather than just, I'm dying in one bullet versus two. So I think that that's very valid. And I, I think people get too caught up on the name tactical shooter. I think it's 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 a very broad phrase and it, it can mean a lot of things. So I think that you're completely right and that we need to really evaluate what parts of that general definition we actually want and which parts don't actually make sense. I mean, like like you said, Rainbow Six has an extremely low uh, time to kill, but that wouldn't work for DOS, but you can consider that a tactical shooter. So it's certainly not Twitch shooter. It's not like Destiny, but it, it's it's definitely more tactical, but not quite the same. So yeah, I think we do need to look at what we actually want to be, not on a broad naming scheme, but rather on an individual you know, piece-by-piece piece aspect of the game. Oh, right. Another expansion about that that uh, I mean, is this is a game set 23,000 years into the future, and we are using power armor. So if like the time to kill is too low, then it starts to lose its feel as, you know, like I feel like a super soldier. That was one of the big things in the reviews early on uh, when Dust was went into official release is that, you know, they said it just felt like, you know, spreadsheets with minor variations depending on whether or not you went armor or shields. They said there was no real sort of aspect of, you know, I feel like a super soldier. And I think that's something that we need to kind of, uh, you know, address. And we could maybe do that with post-level 5 content, maybe not, you know. Yeah, if time to kill gets too low, not only does that devalue your suits and your the whole fitting strategy of the game, but it devalues um, how you've put your skill into your character too. And and I absolutely am not on board with anything that drops the time to kill um, down even more. And it makes it even harder for support players to to make an impact in the game too, because by the time they get to anyone, they're already dead. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely not on board with any. If that's if that's the definition of tactical, is to lower time to kill even more. Then then I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Can we talk about the, uh, the War Barge upgrade that increases your damage? I would say that the game has landed in a pretty good place in terms of its time to kill. We're a little bit higher uh, than games like Halo. Um, 
actually. So, I mean, in some instances with certain suits, yeah, you, that could be lower, you know, with scout suits or lightly fitted suits. But overall, I think that the TDK in, in the game is in a, in a sweet spot. But I think you guys do make up a, a, bring up a really good point. When someone says tactical shooter, what do they mean? Do they mean the movement? Do they mean the time to kill? You know, do they mean actual... Uh, to me, I think what it comes down to is that uh, dust is supposed to be a thinking shooter more than anything else you have to think about your fit you have to think about how you're engaging you know this person's kaldari shield tank so i need to br- um usually kaldari shield tank player so i need to bring um anti-shield weaponry you know that those types of of decisions or you know on the battlefield as you go down you're like okay these using uh projectile weapons maybe we should all switch to shield tank suits I mean, you don't really see that very much um the meta is kind of set in its way in terms of what's effective on the battlefield right now um but i think maybe moving forward in the future that's something that we can maybe have in the game you know maybe we have damage profiles maybe we have you know this the you know those sorts of things but you know of course with a balance towards it you don't want the game to become so complex that it's unapproachable well just as a as a quick note um tactical shooter right that maybe it's we're getting hung up on some verbology there but the at least for me the way i look at it it usually means that there are that there are tactics involved which implies a team a team-based architecture or structure that drives you to certain types of play so or at least it incentivizes certain types of play so you can certainly lone wolf but i think we'd all agree that you know, as they say teamwork is op and that's the one thing i i, I sincerely hope they never nerf um so from that aspect i think broadly anything that emphasizes team play or incentivizes team play like refresh or deeper uh, squad leader orders or perhaps even platoon orders uh, once we start getting team deploy out there which i I think would be a massive shot in the arm to dust is team deploy i think that'd be a huge thing uh one of the things that rainbow six and and again i was i've playing rainbow six for like since the very first one came out many many moons ago uh that was a tactical shooter because your time to kill was actually quite low over the course of a given quote-unquote match or you know or instance because most of the time was spent trying to get yourself into position and utilize team tactics or a collaborative set of tactics uh, from an individual to a collective base to achieve your objective and if you did it really well the other team's team time to kill was very low if you did it poorly yours would be and that that was basically where that came from so again i think it's more about emphasizing team type activity and I do grant you that there is something to uh, the sci-fi sort of super soldier aspect to it that I do think Dust really does miss. I mean, the closest we got to it, I think, was the, uh, the Myo 5 thing. And I am I was not a fan of that. Um, the whole, like, leaping 30 meters in the air shit. That, that was basically like playing a really bad version of Tribe, which was not a good game to start with. Or at least I didn't think it was. So, <gasps> Sacrilege. <laughs> right. It was interesting for about like five minutes, and then it was just like, wow, this is too much right now. Oh god, I had so many hours in tribes too. You don't even know. <laughs> I think where the miles are at right now are actually in a good good area. I don't think um it's too over the top now. Yeah, I, I, I think they've definitely done a good job of wheeling it in. Well, it was like the video that uh, actually Jason, I think you helped me out with that. Was uh, the video that we posted with the Myros and how oh, five yeah, yeah. is just ridiculous. Five was crazy. I, I had a suit for that. It was nuts. Like I, you know what though, 
You know what though? I I think that the the, the fix. I don't want to go off too far far off topic on this, but I think the fix it didn't really fix any of the combat miles that people were complaining about, and then it took away some of the the verticality that was kind of gained using the miles in terms of access. I, I still think that a better way to have approached it, but which would have been more dev intensive, would have been to change the mechanics on how they worked. So like you hold X to charge up a jump in order to get a max jump, that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, we have what we have now. Uh, we can just hope that maybe down the line we get uh, the jet packs or jump packs as they were uh, talking about and, and things like that, of that nature. All right, I agree. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Um, so any other, any other saved rounds on this topic before we kind of move on to a couple other ones? You had me at Team Deploy, bro. You had me at Team Deploy. I threw that out there. Squad Broadcast. Squad broadcast. I want to be able to broadcast that I need ammo or that I need reps. So, actually, so this is Kane. Uh, you're you're totally psychic uh, for a, a small, you know, would be emperor of space in a game that very few people play. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I, that's actually a really good segue to what I want to talk about next. Uh, and, and this is something that's kind of personal to me. It's like near and dear, and actually, uh, we had something posted in the mumble chat earlier that kind of keyed this up. But it goes back to that. It's, it's really about refreshing the in-match HUD or the situational awareness of the player. So we've had basically the same HUD, you know, heads-up display, if you will, and the same suite of UI in-match for a very, very long time. Uh, there have been periodic, you know, really maybe more like episodic touches on having racially specific, uh, you know, reticles and, and HUD layouts on your screen. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, we need something that shows bandwidth, that shows equipment relevancy, particularly for the Logi players. That gets kind of kind of dramatic. Um, there's been a lot of different discussions about that. Maybe relooking how the uh, the compass bezel, like the you know, your little mini map in the top corner, works. But we haven't really seen an actual uh, you know hands getting laid on that component of the game. I'm just I'm just kind of curious. Do you guys think it's about time that we did that? And then going hand in hand with that would be, I think, things like squad wars, platoon wars, the ability for a, a teammate to broadcast for ammo, broadcast for reps, just like you, or hives, or whatever. Um, just curious, like, in terms of the in-match situational awareness and user interface, what do you guys think that we should actually start maybe taking a look at and maybe generating some feedback for? I'm... Um, and the first thing that you can do is the it's I mean if you think about it you you hit or R two and you press um uh, I mean you, you hold R two and then you press in uh, 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 the stick the right stick my, my, I'm using muscle memory so I'm trying to remember it but you know to bring up the common rows for the squad leader there's a lot of empty notches on that and not only that if you're a squad member you don't get that used you don't have that used at all I mean I was playing Battlefield Four the other day and they have a full comma rows it seems like for such a team bla- for such a team based game there's so much reliance on voice comms which is also a, is, is both good and bad it seems like we need more ways to interact non-verbally with our teammates um and it seems like uh, one thing that would really be nice that i would love to see is everyone in your squad has their name always visible like the i can't tell you the number of times i've been like hey you green dot over there by the CRU, you have a shotgunner. Oh, you're already dead. 
Yeah, for real. Um, but another thing is on that team-based aspect is like I, I know it was like supposed to be like a performance enhancer to, you know, remove the ability to like see names in the chats while you're in battle. But like doing that, I mean, like you can't join squad in the middle of a team in the middle of a battle. That's so, very aggravating, to be honest. Yeah, it, I mean, for such a team-based game, like that usability is just and oh man. But like as far as like the comma rows and whatnot, I totally agree. And I was gonna bring up the, the whole thing, but she beat me to it. So props. Think about that. That um, uh, what's it called? The comma rose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. One thing about that. That thing is. It, it's hard for me, at least, to be able to select whatever thing I'm trying to put down. Like, if I'm trying to put down the defend order, nine times out of ten, I put down the fucking capture order, and I'm walking around like an idiot, um, pointing at shit to you know lay down the capture order or the attack order. Very Honestly, awesome. it should be fucking uh, context sensitive. It really should. Like, it, instead of having like defend yeah, and attack right, capture, you should just point at it and it automatically knows what to do. Absolutely. A capture defend capture. order, defend order. Like, there's nothing more frustrating than you put a capture order on an objective, and you want your guys to stay on that objective. But as soon as they capture it, it disappears. So then you got to go and put a defend order. Why can't it just Why be a capture order that then switches to a defend order after it's done with? You know but what I mean? It's like, really more about. If you think about it, all of this is indicative of just putting a rally point down. What you're doing is giving a graphical focus uh, for everybody to, to go or focus on that one spot. Attack and defend is, is as you said, contextual. And I would offer that you could probably streamline some of this and have it just, hey, mark a rally point. Like when you put that circle on the map and it shows up as a little carrot on your, on your compass, that's where you want people to go or do something. Well, yeah, but... Um, they, they also have to consider like the war point advantage to putting a defend order on an objective instead no, of no, a rally I'm, point. I'm with you. I'm with you, but that's but then you get into the game of why should that be generating war points? Yeah, um, yeah. I, it, the game was better when when it was broken, so I could actually use defend orders and attack orders and and you know attack orders and everything in, in a contextual way to be like, hey, look at this, rather than being like. Well, now that actually brings up a good point. Now, now. Truth and lending, I have been a long advocate for a command suit, you know, a command suit variant in the game that gives you maybe access to different and deeper types of orders, being able to put out multiple squad orders other than just one uh, or mark targets or something like that. So that's that, there is something that, that we could probably take a look at there. Maybe as opposed to breaking it down to pure vanilla, it might be maybe deepening it. Uh, and there's some opportunities harkening back to our post level five content discussion, by the way. Commander um, mode. I, I, oh, well. If you think about it, that would now that is pretty legit. If there is a way that somebody can actually FC or you know actually control the battle as a commander, um, but it would be, and, and you'd be relevant. That would be pretty legit. Yeah, it, it would. One of the problems I've seen in this game is you have people that maybe they aren't necessarily the best shooter. They're maybe not necessarily the best, you know, run and gunner on the field. And some, and it takes a very special person oftentimes to be able to do battlefield jobs and at the same time FC a match. I think that if you opened up the job to more people by having an actual commander role in the game, so a 17th man on the a 17th person that just commands the battle, even if it's for pubs. If you can imagine how much better a lot of pubs would go if they were actually orchestrated, and then we went back to the uh, MO of having people forced into squads, you know, maybe the squads disband, but people auto-squatted in. Um, um, I was talking to Thor Odinson the other day about this. Like, he learned 
a lot about the game by being randomly put in a squad. He got a mic because of it and, and you know, all these sorts of things. I think, um, I mean, it's been mentioned before that it's out of reach in terms of the dev environment, but I just think that it, the this game is so team-based that it would make perfect sense for it to have a commander mode in it. And it would, like you guys were talking about, level 5 content, you could have all kinds of skills associated with uh, a commander-type role. You know, and that's something that you could definitely, I would see a lot of veterans gravitating towards as they kind of skill up their suit and all that kind of stuff. So, so you uh, you were saying, Kane, uh, when you talk about that 17th person, I don't know if you played any of uh, Battlefield Hardline, but uh, they have an uh, interesting mechanic to where um, uh, if you're doing the, um, the cops versus the robbers, I think it's like the heist mode or whatever, uh, where you're, you're in the bank. Um. Uh, there's a a seventeenth person for both sides that you know that's uh, what's called the hacker, uh, where you um you're not in the game per se, like you don't have a um a little dude running around, but you're looking at the at the overview map, um, and you you can um you can uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, fuck, change um. Uh, uh, or like put uh, logs in the road for the enemy to stumble upon. Like you'll you'll fuck up their mini map by you know hacking a camera um, and it'll reveal um, the enemy players to your guys, but making your people invisible to the uh, to the enemy. Are, are you thinking something like that, or are you thinking like an actual person uh, who a seventeenth person who runs around and doesn't have a gun or whatever? It, Battlefield 2 was the first game that I played that really had a, com- a dedicated commander mode. They stripped out of Battlefield 3, which was one of the reasons I hated it. They added it back in for Battlefield 4, and they made it come uh, come back as that hacker thing for Battlefield Hardline. Um, I, I really do think that it would potentially add a lot to the game, though. And um, uh, some of the people that are mentioning uh, uh, Pokey, if you want to uh, take that about actual squad members themselves being able to mark stuff up. I think that's a good point as well. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of talking in a mumble chat here, but I, I, as a squad member, not as a squad leader, but as a member, I want to be able to just throw down a temporary 30-second waypoint that just sits there and everyone can see it. So I'm not saying, okay, the guy is, you know, three lefts on the right of the Galente penis-shaped tower next to Alpha. I can just yeah. go click, it's there, and people know what I'm talking about. Because if you have a tack net and you're supposed to have this advanced, you know, HUD with all this stuff on, and I have to give, you know, uh, verbal commands for, uh, you know, based off of uh, landmarks, it's it's a little silly and it's really something that <laughs> I shouldn't be having to do. It's, it's not fluid and I think it, it makes communication really awkward. Yeah. Hey, look out, he's behind you. Turn around. It would be, be legit if you pull up the, the TACnet map. There's already some tools that are kind of nascent on there. I mean, you can't actually give squad commands from there, but it's very cumbersome to do so. But something as simple as adding an alphanumeric grid to it, like inst- instead of that, you can say, hey, the sniper is in Bravo 2 or something like that. Uh, something that gives you a, a reference point, just like they do on the feedback maps that they give us the players to give them feedback on where bugs are. Uh, that would be huge. If they just added that to the map and then made it maybe a little bit easier to, uh, or maybe some more functionality in that map, uh, I think that would be pretty handy. I would like um, to see this guy's command as well. Uh, <laughs> no, no. The, 
it, the whole the uh, the grid thing, the the grid map has actually been proposed before, and like I, there was actually a dev response on it. And apparently, it's actually incredibly hard to do because uh, if you try to put like a two D layer with like a grid map, and anytime you move the camera, it's going to change the position of where the grids are. No, no, no. I'm and, just in the TACnet map. I mean, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's, yes, that is that's what I'm talking about. Well, that, that is what I'm saying. No, it's, it's like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have to make it a, a 3D map. If you look at it, it is a 3D map with, uh, you know, it, with it's, a, it's a 2D look at a 3D map. And yeah. You know, it's something else that bugs me. The lack of a southeast and west on the stupid mini map. Very yeah, true. That's legit. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's or on the map that, in general. Or, or the fact that, that when you spawn in a map, like... The map has an orientation of like no, you know what's up, down, left, and right. But then when you spawn in, magnetic north is going to be some random ass direction for no good reason. Right. It really, it, it needs to be this. I don't know why that's not the same. It also brings me back to uh, I think it was a tech demo for when they were posting things on Legion. There was a video on YouTube and they were showing off uh, basically a compass that was at the top of the screen. It would show your current heading with cardinal directions, so you could actually, you know, look at something. Okay, okay, that's that's due north, you know, fifty degrees or whatever. Uh, something that would. So I'm not looking at the mini map. I can actually just look at the top of my screen, uh, just along the top, and be able to see which direction I'm facing. Would be amazing as well. Uh, what absolutely kills me though is that it, that was only possible because the uh, the actual HUD the UI was 3D, whereas in Dust we have a 2D and the compass wouldn't work. <laughs> so it makes it incredibly hard for them to manipulate it as well. Hence, never getting south, east, and west on the stupid little mini map thing. Yeah, we're basically talking about like incredibly basic first-person shooter heads-up display user interface stuff. That even that most of even the most simple uh, simple games will have, and it's interesting because like, most games are uh, devised from player versus environment, then on to a player versus player aspect. Very few games are truly designed with player versus player first. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting how this works because in player versus environment games, all of these things that we're describing are innately built into the user interface usually during the gameplay because that's how you actually move the players from objective to objective you orient them on where they should go or how you have the, what path they need to take to get there and even in you know fairly dynamic games like ghost recon for example uh, th this is basically what we're describing is a more accurate uh, navigational tool and map reference tool that is probably much more relevant to player versus player than it is for player versus environment. All right, so um, I did want to throw my shout out to um, real quick racially racial specific uh, HUDs. I know that's that's probably never going to happen, but that's one of the things I always thought would be pretty pretty neat was that you could customize your HUD or it would be somewhat different, even if not if for no other reason, color scheme and you know, shapes of things would be different. Uh, you know, biracial types of your suit. I think that would be kind of cool, actually. Uh, and also harken back to one of the things Dystopia was talking about earlier, reference uh, the ability to customize weapons. The, the ability to customize weapons, loadouts, and how you interface with the game, like, i.e. your tactical user interface, like, that would be one of my long-term uh, sort of, like, if they were ever going to make the game correctly from the ground up, that would be one of the things that I would find very 
very pleasing from an immersion standpoint is the ability to do all that. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, now, guys, we're gonna we're gonna tee it up. Uh, I we have exhausted all the basic topics that I had uh, laid on for tonight. You and could we're gonna, uh, tackle another CPM candidate. Uh, do you, who do you want to put on this for that? Take volunteers. I don't think we want to do that tonight. Uh, I I can. I think we would have probably preferred to have done that at a little bit different time. Uh, but we'll have plenty of time between now and whenever they actually execute the election, which I think is still July, right? No, no further no, update no on further that. Update. So, yeah. I mean, they just said they were going to start it. I assume they're going to open it officially in July, and then the actual elections will be sometime after that. Does that make sense? One can, one can only hope that it's not like, surprise, submit your application. Surprise, elections are next week. That wouldn't surprise me, though. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, no, seriously, those I like. I I think, yeah, I, I think it probably would be a bad idea. We have a lot of good folks on tonight, but it would be. Uh, uh, I think we would like to let me kind of prepare a little bit better uh, for the next round of candidates. So, for that, for everybody who's a CPM candidate who's in the in the channel but hasn't sat down with Bait and I, uh, you're all on notice. Uh, so for the following people: Bam, Kane Sparrow, Pokey, and SMB and Silly. And Dystopia, I think you thinking about running for CPM2 as well? Yes, I've uh, thrown my hat in for CPM2. Outstanding. So Kane is Bam, not running for CPM2. <laughs> Kane, Pokey, SMB, and Silly Rabbit, you guys are all on notice. Uh, so we'll probably pick up two to three of you next week. Uh, Kane, if we'd like to go ahead and knock yours out, because I know a lot of you will have questions for you. Um, we can't, you, like can't, you can't even get Kane's in today. I think you should be able to get Kane's in. I, I don't like you all right now. No, it's okay. It's all good, man. So no, no, trust me. We we like we actually do want to make sure that we're we're providing some relevant uh, relevant relevant discussion per individual candidate. Once you get past kind of the the vanilla, hey, why do you want to be a CM? You know that kind of thing. So we, we did want to start off slow and kind of end slower. That's usually how we do things here. So on that note, uh, what we're going to do is kind of a uh, a sort of hybrid of our lightning round and shout outs. So. We're going to go through our, our mumble list again. Uh, give your shout out, and if there's if there's anything that you wanted to, to, to throw out on people, maybe as a potential topic for next week's show, I'd like, hey, let's talk about this next time I'm on the show. We'll take that down and we'll attack that uh, pretty violently next time. So we're going to start at the top of the list with our special guest Ayan Amadi. If you can give us a, a quick shout out, and if there's anything you want us to tee up for one of the next uh, one or two biomass shows, man, have at it. Sure. Uh, I want to shout out the team green. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. And uh, as far as new topics for next week, you should totally hit up in-game performance. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, anything you want to bring up on one, of the, on one of the future shows? Yeah, performance. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. Totally, totally wigged out on you. And uh, I would bait. To give a shout out to my corporation, the Demonic Cowboys, and uh, people from that corporation listening, thank you all um, for that. Um, as far as topics to bring up um, on a later show, uh, right there at the beginning when we were talking with uh, Aeon, uh, he brought up something about the user in, um, the user interface um, that I think would. Uh, I guess we kind of talked about that, um, but I think a more in depth. Uh, Discussion of you know what people would like to see and uh, some some changes that could be made uh, would be would be great. Um, also, the new player experience um, 
still needs some uh, some work, I think. Um, and I'd like to see what everybody on the show uh, thinks about that. All right. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Kane. Or, correction, wait, well, hold on. I totally jacked that up. Bam Havoc. Just give me a sec. I'm actually having an Madden just now. Just uh, move to the next person. I'm just kidding okay. someone on Eve. Yep, yep. No, no problem. Dystopia? Uh, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Luther Mandrix, my buddy Dev Dander, and my court members in uh, Internal Air. And actually, uh, a Bait took my topic. I was uh, going to suggest new player experience as uh, something we could talk about at a future time. Absolutely, and that's probably uh, quite uh, quite relevant since we got a lot of people that will, in theory, be giving some feedback to uh, to Rattati about how do you take care of, of new folks arriving to the game. Okay, um, Kane Sparrow. Just a, uh, a shout out also again to the uh, crazy people that continue to play this game, and to the uh, negative feedback alliance. Um, I mean, for for topics, uh, I, I would really like to 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 touch on. Um, you know, actually, I wouldn't mind discussing some of the core things. If someone wanted to change core things, what is the core? What do you think is the most important things to the game? Like, what at its core is the core, so to speak? That's actually not a bad topic. You know, that would be one of those things that um, next time we have Rattati on is actually maybe focusing the discussion more on not so much you know, the, the nitty-gritty in the weeds part, but like, hey, what, what do you see as you know, the core, like, you know, have him describe just what he thinks a tactical shooter means, what he thinks the core of the game would be, which is then derived of what kind of game is he trying to help, you know, develop and sustain. So that's a, that's a good one, game. Uh, middle of the list, Razel, what do you think? When am I being asked again? Shoutouts, and if there's something you'd like to talk about. Okay, I thought it was, I thought it was for shoutouts, but you, you just, you, what do you think in shoutouts? I was very confused on, on what. Okay, well, so, so. All right. Again, before you make me go on a tirade, uh, I, I know this is going to be tough for you. I, I already, I already told you at the start of the show, I don't pay attention during the podcast. Um, we know that. I, that I that pl- is I'm, readily apparent. I'm, I'm, well, you know, there's enough guests that I don't need to do anything. Um, but, uh, no, I've been playing the... Uh, I, I'm going to give my shout-out to the uh, Steam Summer Sale stupid monster click game thing, because um, I'm going to need a new mouse. Okay. So wow. shout out to that. And you want to talk about doing something with your mouse. I, I noticed we have a trend here. Okay. Uh, Pokey. Uh, this is kind of a long one, so forgive me, but I'm going to give a shout out to Yoshi P over at Square Enix. Uh, he's the executive producer for Final Fantasy 14. I want to congratulate him on the successful re- release of their first expansion, 3.0 Heaven's Ward. Uh, for those of you who don't know the history of Final Fantasy, when the game was initially released, 1.0, it was a total flop so bad that the, uh, ex- the executive producer back then was basically forced to resign. And Square Enix kind of doubled down on the project and gave it to Yoshi P, who effectively rebuilt the game from the ground up and put it on PC, PS3, and PS4, which was a, a, a big part of why it ended up being so successful. And uh, th- those are all cross-play games. It's, it's, it's an awesome game, really good. The expansion's really cool. Uh, and yeah, just shout out to him, because I think it's a real testament to what can happen if a company really takes the uh, leap of faith and doubles down on a, a project to put a, some money behind talent and, and really try to make it be a, be a, bleh, be a success. So uh, props to you, guys. Okay, and for those of you that don't pokey ease, uh, that is an incredibly well camouflaged bit of tinfoilery where he just called out that CCP has sold dust to Bethesda. I picked yeah. up on that one. Damn it! <laughs> you ruined it for me, man. 
Ubisoft. 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 Uh, okay. <laughs> Rainbow Six on, in Spice, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> on, on that note, uh, Ramboy, shout outs, brother. Uh, yeah, I'll give a shout out to uh, everybody in Molon Labe. Although active uh, Molon players are a bit of an endangered species these days, but uh, still, hi to all of you guys. Uh, also, give a shout out to a couple guys I was able to um, touch base with this past week and kind of catch up with uh, Thor Odinson 42. It was nice squatting with him and uh, had a long conversation with the uh, famous Contraband Joe, who is uh, somebody that I played mag with back in the day. So shout out to him and all of his boys as well. And uh, in terms of things that uh, I want to talk about in future shows or would always be open to talking about in future shows, uh, you know me, man. I love talking about the uh, the possibilities and the potential of a team deploy system and what that could mean for Dust. So if you ever want to talk uh, team deploy, I'm your man. Sounds good. All right, Silly Rabbit, shout outs. So we're going to start a charity. We're going to be putting a uh, uh, like a Patreon up for buying Silly a mic. Uh, and if you could just feel free to donate either real life or in-game iskies to me directly. Should, I'll ensure that we get him a mic. Shouldn't, shouldn't we fund like the, the yeah, actual like yeah. hosting the podcast? Wait, there the he is. We hear you, silly. Because <laughs> you guys hear me? Yeah, okay, quickly, yeah, do your shout-out yeah, before give, you yeah. go away. Yeah, give me oh, a shout-out. Man. Out. I'm give, so give sorry. Me, My mic has been crap this whole time. In, in three words or okay, so a shout-out and in three words or less, what do you want for a, a future show topic? Go. Shout out to Negative Feedback. Shout out to all my logies. And I want to keep talking about the forward momentum of this game until it happens, whether it be stat increases here, uh, updates here, tweaking here, higher level here, wherever we need to go to make it happen. I want to do it because all these ideas are awesome and they're feasible. It's just, you know, it's about getting it, you know, pushing because it can happen. So let's make it happen. <laughs> all right, man. Sounds good. And uh, so a... Big shout out to everybody that showed up tonight. Uh, I, I really appreciate the uh, the packed house tonight. Really big shout out to Ayanamati, uh, a CPM2 candidate, for being kind of the first in the shoot for the uh, CPM sit down that we're going to have uh, with as many candidates as, as that would like to come on the show. Uh, and we will be doing multiple candidates per show in uh, future iterations, but we wanted to kind of focus it down for for just one for our uh, for the guy who's hitting the breach and get first guy in the door, so to speak. So that being said, again, appreciate to uh, Aeon Amati, Iowa Bait, Bam Habit, Gistopia, uh, Kane Sparrow, uh, and Sir Man Boy and Silver Rabbit for coming on. We really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about this. For everybody in the Biomast uh, Skype channels, Really appreciate you guys listening to the show and giving us some uh, fairly humorous feedback as we go through this. So thanks, thanks again very much. I'm out on that. Hmm. It's it's funny, it's funny shit, honestly. And, and uh, I do appreciate all the Twitter uh, the twi- Twitter feeds that we get pumped over to us. So thanks a lot for that, guys. And uh, I and just go ahead. I'm sorry. Want to remind everyone that we have that the contest um, submitted submit summaries for for this week, last week. Send it to Sry at Biomass.net. You might win some some S- uh, absolutely. And if you want to put that out on Twitter, uh, if you could do me a favor and just throw out. No, it's only a, for people who actually yeah, listen no. to the show. Uh, no, I'm with you. So if you if you if you want to get involved in this from the Twitter aspect and we'll make sure the information gets to Zell, it'll be hashtag punch Zell in the throat if he interrupts Jay again on the show. 
Uh, so you can just throw that into the Twitter. And just, I know it's 140 characters, but I'm sure you can get your point in. So uh, on that, that's my shout out. And I'll talk about anything anybody wants for the, uh, for the future shows. So I appreciate everybody being on. And guys, this is episode 59. We're going to bring this one to a close. Uh, and we will see you next week. Good night and good luck.